Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, Christmas is done and dusted for 2021, Ash. Mmm, yeah, it was it, a good time. It was a pretty good time after COVID and not seeing half the family and then you see some family and it was all very mm. all over the shop. It was interesting. I think well, it was a good year to be ending in a way, in that covid way. I think a lot of people will be happy to see the end of 2021 and mm. most people will be going out in style, hopefully with a... Heaps normal. Heaps normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a couple of heaps normals and it was awesome. That was your favourite thing to open at Christmas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did open a fair few of them and I did enjoy them and I didn't end up drunk in front of my kids. So that was another bonus at Christmas. That's always a bonus. <laughs> yeah. For me, not getting drunk in front of the in-laws, always a bonus. Yeah. There was a lot of not getting drunk in front of happening <laughs> and heaps normal was a wonderful facilitator of that but still kept the dry parched throat quenched Lubri- lubricated. <laughs> lubricated quenched and ready for good times yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and you know it's the end of the year it's the end of this season for this podcast mm. and this is a good opportunity to say thank you to heaps normal who came on this season as a new sponsor mm. and they are amazing and mm. you love their beers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so many people have been sending me um, like photographs of themselves partying at Christmas and they've got their heaps or messaging me saying, oh, they went to a restaurant or a cafe and they had heaps normals on the menu. And mm. yeah, so they're really gaining traction, which is cool. Yeah, so cool. And the whole category is gaining traction which is absolutely awesome i think it's one of the it's the fastest growing the fastest growing alcoholic um beverage category is non-alcoholic yeah it's amazing isn't it i don't know i don't know what you just said but i'll just say yes (laughs) if you're an alcohol company and you want to be killing it you've got to make a non-alcoholic version of your drink basically Which, which means that sober is cool yeah well it's and it's on the rise obviously it's it's the biggest market in Drinks, I think that's growing. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And it's so awesome. And you don't have to just be sober too. You can switch them out 
you know, you can have a normal heavy beer, then you can have a heaps. You mm. know, it's really cool. Mm. I love it. Which I know a lot of people who do do that and do enjoy it. Yeah. But I love the drink and drive element of having heaps normal. <laughs> Legal drink and driving. <laughs> <laughs> you are a classic. Anyway, so massive thank you to the good folk at Heaps Normal who've also offered free shipping for any of our listeners. All you have to do is go to their website and order your Heaps Normals and then put the code HIQA at your checkout. For stands for How I Quit Alcohol, for free shipping on your next order of Heaps Normals. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery, who makes sophisticated, elk-free drinks that still have all the taste of a good time. G&T without the tears, whiskey without the wobbles, and other delicious cocktails too. Switching the ritual instead of ditching the ritual is so much easier. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind, head to mondaydistillery.com for more. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hey guys, I am so stoked about the interview today. It's actually our last episode for the season, season four. Yeah, this this episode I'm so stoked about and um, Ash is pretty stoked about. Mm, I am. Hat Fitz, absolutely amazing podcast that you did with Hat Fitz. And people who don't know Hat Fitz, he would have played Blues Fest 10 times minimum, probably more. He's been one of the founding kind of seminal Australian blues players. And I remember when I started uh, traveling in the early 2000s, I remember coming up to this gig i can't even remember where it was but um i was probably playing earlier on in the bill and then i just remember him playing to you know about a thousand people in this massive room and everyone just going off tap to this sort of north mississippi kind of uh slash bush rangery kind of australian blues which was his own sound and and it went with his rough around the edges you know uh rough as guts <laughs> uh sort of bush rangery kind of persona larger than life and he was always that wild man and drinking was a huge part of his whole shtick and um his whole stage thing and and whatever and it was a really was a bit of a big deal in blues you know whenever his name came up people would say oh you know Fitzy's off the piss <laughs> you know mm. and it was always this thing for a while there and, um, you know, years later when I quit and when we quit, you know, it was, it was good to think of Hat Fitz and that, that he had managed to do it. Well, I actually mentioned that to him in the podcast where I remember hearing, you know, over the years that he'd given up and you think, wow, if he could do it because mm. he, was, he was so larger than life as a pissed guy <laughs> and, and then on stage and off stage. And he was sort of like almost intimidating because his, his persona was so mm. massive. Mm. He looks like Ned Kelly. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, like you say, he's sort of rough around the edges. But my And God. half of it was, you always got the impression that it was a bit of show mixed in with a bit of other stuff and you didn't know which bit was which. Yeah. You didn't know which bit he was joking about. Which story was true? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> it was you, pretty funny. Yeah, you never quite knew 
what you were dealing with. So I was nervous <laughs> to ask him. And I said that to him on the podcast. I was nervous to ask you uh, because he's sort of this sort of, I don't know, it's like mm. an enigma. Mm. Um, but he was he was wonderful on the podcast and he was so open and very, very honest, as most people are when they come onto this podcast. And, and humble too. Very humble and just, just a beautiful human. And it was mm. really great to chat with him. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview, which will be the season's ending for season four with Hat Fits. And I also just wanted to say, I hope everyone had a great Christmas and a happy new year. I hope it was an easy one for you to get through. And if it wasn't, if you did your best, you know, that's the best you can do sometimes. And that's okay. We've got a couple of spots left, I think, for the January 22 challenge, which starts on January 16th. And if anyone's interested in signing up, please send me an email first to organize a phone call. I'd really love to chat with you first before you sign up and make sure it's a good fit for you and for me. And um, yeah. And congratulations to everybody out there because I know that Danny's been getting heaps of messages that she's told me about that some people not even in a challenge have just listened to the podcast and just used the inspiration from this podcast to quit for you know, extended lengths of time. Yeah. Some and people coming up to a year, which is yeah, amazing. It's awesome. You've yeah. done your own challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the other thing. If you can't jump on this challenge, you know, grab a buddy, grab a friend, grab a couple of friends and, you know, make your own challenge. You can do this. You know, you can totally do this. And there's that we did it. Mm. And um, everybody does it a different way. Absolutely. I did like um, on this podcast that you guys are about to hear how Hatfits was a bit like, I'm a bit from this school too. He was sort of saying he didn't really feel many cravings or anything because he just made this extreme, mm. as goes with his personality in a way, just staunch decision. Mm. And um, that was interesting. That was a different way, again, of doing it. Well, um, it sounded like he didn't suffer too much, just like you mm. with that attitude of just deciding no and you flick that switch and i'm once over you, it yeah i'm over it and i'm done mm. yeah it's it's a it was a great interview so i hope you guys enjoy and do check out cara and hat fits he plays with his wife um or partner and they are an incredible duo mm. and definitely worth checking out they've got some tour dates coming up and i would definitely recommend you know going along to a show and just be blown away and buy my kombucha. <laughs> and I'll post in the show notes some YouTube clips of those guys playing together. And, yeah, so I hope you enjoy this episode with the legendary Hat Fits. Hi, and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today I'm so stoked to have the legendary Hat Fits on the podcast. Hey, Fitzy, how are you? Good, mate. A bit, I don't know about the legendary bit, but it's good to be here. You're a legend. Oh, look, Fitz is an amazing musician, incredible musician, and... Um, he has a, an amazing duo with his partner, Cara. And, oh, my God, I think the last time I saw you guys was at Mullumbimby Music Festival and it was like being in church. It was fucking amazing. You guys are amazing together. And oh, look, she's brought out the best in me, that's for sure. She really has, although you were still great beforehand. But my memories of you before that was we were pissed as farts running around, what was it, Bridgetown Blues Festival. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago, and you were you were a wild oh. <laughs> man back then, and um, yes. Yeah, so I'm interested. You've been sober now for 19 years, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell, can you tell us a bit about when you started drinking, and then um, sort of how it progressed? 
Yeah, well, I come from, my old man was an alcoholic. I don't know if that's got much to do with it, but I ended up leaving with him when, because my past split up when I was younger. And then he's a, a country music artist. So I went on the road with him when I was like 15, around the 15 mark. We used to travel around like the central Queensland thing. I guess back then, that was in the early 80s, and that was like you had to be a man to drink, I think. All that shit was still pretty prominent, you know. There wasn't all the vegans and shit around. And, um, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I'm not, nothing against that. I'm just saying in general. And then I guess everywhere you played, it was just thrown, thrown in your face. And I, don't, I think I – and then I ended up, I think – I can't remember exactly. You just started you're drinking and then I'd become not dependent on it, but – I thought I needed it for confidence to get up and play and stuff. I'm, I think, I, you know, you can't really remember that far back. Thanks, Don. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, just started drinking then. And then when, when you're in your late teens as a, a male, you know, you go through your, your change in life. And then I, um, I guess, and then I started the doing the front man thing in the late 80s and, yeah, I was just always in the pubs back then. It was all smoking in the pubs. So, you know, a joint was always thrown in your mouth while you were playing. And 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 alcohol was a part of your pay. You know, you'd rock up and you'd, they'd give you give you the piss before you even set up and you were just on it. And it, over the years, it just become normal. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, yeah, and I was just sort of reliant on it, I guess. I thought I needed it. Well, I proved later that I didn't. But, yeah, and I, I guess it just spun out of control a bit. And I was, a, mm-hmm. I think I was an alcoholic. I'm not sure. I think I was, but it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't. Drank every day after work. So I've always um, went back to Thailand and then on weekends was a weekend warrior with the gigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it spun out of control a bit where it was like um, we actually had a good band, the Blues Bits going. We we're actually going somewhere and just all got a bit to my head, I guess. And, you know, you're chucking brown eyes on stage and, and swearing on stage and stuff, which didn't do us any favours at all as far as mm-hmm. going up the ladder anyway, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, this is all shortly in a nutshell, and then I, then in the through the early 2000s and that, I really hit it hard. And then I got two DUI charges in one hit. I got done with, I had a, I had a well, my first child I had when I was 28 and I neglected him as far as, like, we, it was just more of a, Groupy root or shape, you suppose you could say, and had a kid. And then, um, and I used to lie to him, like, I was supposed to have, oh, yeah, I'll see you next weekend. And even if I didn't have gigs, I'd make up an excuse that I had gigs or work and I'd just sit in the bar at Jay's Waterhole and, and suck piss. And it's not something I'm proud of, but it's what happened. Mm-hmm. And I had another, my next son, Tom, when I was 36. And then I got done DIY when he was a pup, about eight months old, something like that. And then I kept driving while I was disqualified to get to work because we lived out in the bush a bit. And then I got done again and swung a punch at the copper and all this shit, just pissed as far. Coming home from the – actually coming home from a gig at the Gold Coast and got done coming into my hometown at Pomona there. And then I hit rock bottom. That's when I hit rock bottom and then got done for that. And my lady of the – Mother of the son kicked me out. She had a gut full of me drinking, so I don't want to do this anymore. So I found myself living on a mate's couch, had no money, no car, nothing, and just feeling sorry for myself, you know. I just sort of instantly it just happened. I just 
I thought I got to stop drinking to get me shit together because me hit because I really hit it hard for two weeks after it. And, you know, sitting at the bar, like you know, talk shit, you know, pub talk crap, and I went, "This ain't me," you know. And then so I just had to get get off the piss just to get me head straight. So I got off it. I just planned to get off it for a month or two, and I just never went back. And then. And then, you know, I got the family back and, you know, the rest is history and it was the best thing I ever did. My music, because I thought my music was good, but I, if I, I reckon if I listened to my music when I was at, on a stage drinking, what I thought was, hey, we're ripping, it probably would have been horrific <laughs> to listen back to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and so that's that's it in a nutshell and then gave up, them, you know, 18, 19 years ago and nothing but good things have happened since then. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how when you kind of get in your flow, everything starts unfolding and good the good stuff comes. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about um your rock bottom. What was that like for you? Was it Oh horrible. It was um mm. I, I would never have committed suicide, but I thought about it. And I never would have done it. I'd never got that bad where I was gonna do it, but I thought about it, you know, because I was mm. had enough and I lost everything and you know, I was just feeling sorry for myself basically, you mm. know. But then thoughts go through everyone's head sometime in their life, I guess, you know. Mm. But um, that was rock bottom and that was, hor- that was just horrible, just worthless. And all my mates were drinkers because I was just, I was, you know, in the pub and, and, and stuff. All my mates were at the pub at Jay's Waterhole and your money. That was my local water and all. And I found myself when I decided that, that I didn't have one mate, not one. They all, every one of them, ah, oh, yeah, girls, dick, what's wrong here, man, you know. All that, all that honcho mm. talk, and mm-hmm. you know, and then that's when I went. When I got through the month or two, when I sort of was getting my shit together, that's when I thought I can don't need them. You know what I mean? And and the couple true mates came out. You know, the ones that were they still drink and stuff, but there was a couple that were good on you, mate. You know. Then after yeah. I got through that period of six months, a year, whatever it was, then they all turned around, all the drinkers, and were proud of me that I did it. And I've been able to help half a dozen people without even knowing it. Just because I did it, they did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, wow. I remember when I first heard that you got off the alcohol um, and I was like, wow. And, you know, just in the back of our minds, just hearing that just because we had seen you as a drinker and you just got this huge personality and, you know, you're sort of a bit of a larrikin. I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. And I think that was also helped with when Ash and I decided to quit, just yeah. even knowing that there was people like you out there that could do it. Well, fuck, if yeah. you can do it, you know, we can do it. And it's it just, you know, those, you see one person do it, another person do it, it starts to build up your confidence. Yeah. We, so. we had that, you got that so-called big larrikin thing at the moment, at the gigs or festivals, whatever. But outside of that, you, you're not that person. Yeah. You know, that's that's when the come downs are hitting and you're bringing your, your high back home and coming down, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. It's often the way too. And alcohol can bring this side out of us that who is that person anyway? Oh, like, am I even that person? <laughs> like Cara, Cara has a few drinks and she's as funny as all hell, you know, and that's good. But then she hit every now and then once, not very often, but when she hits that turning point and she gets a bit snappy and argumentative, you know, and then you see the ugly side of everyone when they hit that that point of, you know, going over the top with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you know, when you'd had that rock bottom, were you blaming yourself or were you blaming alcohol? When did you put two and two together and really thought, um, this has got to change? 
people, I think, with addictions of any sort, there's always someone else to blame. It's not your fault. You know, I mean, I think. And then, but for me, I just, I don't know, man. When I, when I stopped, I'd have stopped. It just happened. It was like something inside it. I didn't even think about it. It just happened. Just stopped. And I didn't want to go back and I never want to go back. But I still see me mates that are all pissheads and, you know, you can, they're getting on it and then it hits that point of shit talk and then I can just hop in the car and drive off. You know what I mean? Yes. So I still, yeah. still enjoy their company and they're funny as hell when they're bloody, you know, getting on it. Yeah. For what it's worth. And Yeah. I love that too, especially if you can be in that place where you're not judging them, but you can go and enjoy it. And then when you go, oh, no, it's oh, like starting to, to turn. Get, yeah, it gets a bit messy and you just sort of disappear. Yeah, you, know? you get out of there. So, I mean, that's a big step too when all of your mates drink and, like you said, and then they sort of said, what's happened to you? How did you cope with that? Because that's, that's a big Oh, it was hard at first. The very first gig mm-hmm. I had, the very first week I gave up was at the Gold Coast um, uh, Beer Festival, would you believe it? Oh. And they gave you a big roll of tickets, you know, beer t- free drink tickets, and that was the hardest gig I ever did in my life when I was trying to get off it. Wow. Yeah, because I was with Itchy at the time, and he used to yeah. – he didn't really get on it that much. Like he, yeah. he, he, I'd give him my truck and he'd drive and stuff and then he'd sometimes get loose every now and then. Mm-hmm. Then when I got off it, I found myself driving him everywhere and he just went, you beauty, and he got on it, you know. <laughs> I remember him. That's right. I thought I needed at least a six-pack to go on stage and I'd done some horrific gigs like when I was on the vodka or whatever I was on. Not knowing what I, I can't even remember half the gigs, not half of them, but the ones couldn't remember half of the gig, certain gigs that I did. I'm going, God, what it was like, you know, must have been horrible. Not that anyone complained. But I think musically, um, the first year or two, I didn't feel it at all. I wasn't feeling the music and stuff. And then it started coming back and I was really getting into a new groove there. But like I said, when I met Cara, that was 13 years ago. And she bought her, you know, soul, Motown, gospel, her background to my old blues background. And then, then we just started creating sort of stuff, you know. Amazing. But for music, it's definitely way better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ash says the same thing. It's just been so good for him, yeah. for his voice, for his playing, because he's he's not wasting all that. He practices a lot too, and he's not wasting all that time when he feels like shit and, you know, just yeah. not practicing so he started practicing as a way to get that energy out and yeah. um, really helped him so how did you go so you've got that that one gig that you had how were you how did you go like how did you cope with the cravings and oh how did you get through I don't, I don't think I ever had cravings I just knew I was just over it I was just over it simple mm. you know, I've been doing it for 20 odd years a solid drink and like I said my old man was an alco and grew up in a bit of a violence thing with growing up with that sort of ups and downs with him yeah and um maybe that play and he gave up for 16 years but he got back on it see Mm. years years ago yeah and and that's why when i was a young fella i grew up in guy down near cronulla in sydney and we're just surfing down there and stuff and then to get away from his mates when i was about 13 or so you had to get away from them you know because he was a he was a proper alco, and he moved up to here to Noosa. And I just me and him came up here and started a new life up here, you know. And that's how we ended up here, which was greatest thing that ever happened for me. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Up here, it was an unbelievable spot for music and just gigs everywhere and you know, a little country town on the beach. And I was into surfing, so it was just perfect. Like, it was a pretty on par with Byron back then. You know, it was about 1981-ish, 82, something like that. Mm-hmm. Was that when your dad, when you moved up, had he quit alcohol then or, um, or was he back yes, on it then? Yes, he was, yeah. got off it. To, he had to get away from his mates to get off it, right? Because mm-hmm. we come from a pretty long line of alcohols. My, my sister's still one. His brother's one. His dad died from it, you know, and his mum mm-hmm. worked. Because all the Fitzpatrick's were all in clans even back then in the sixties mm-hmm. and stuff. And mum, my nan worked in the um, in the pub, and all the Fitzpatrick cousins and shit were drinking in the pub, and you know, and they were all just big drinkers, a whole lot of them. Because even when I, I remember going as a kid, mate, all the Fitzpatricks would be there at a big long table at the back of a suburban out of punch bowl there, and they just it'd just go off its head, and they'd all be punching shit out of each other. The mums would have us, I'd be crying watching. One, one of dad's cousins whacking at him, you know, all that sort of shit. And that was just normal. Then they'd all fix the table up and sit back down and, you know, get back into Christmas <laughs> dinner. Laugh. Yeah, wow, wow. How did your family cope with the the change in you? How did they um, feel about it? Well, I was only up here with the old man and he got back. So he got back on it. Probably I must have been about in my early 20s or something like that. So, he, But he was, he was very um, moody, you know, he, when he, he had mood swings, but I didn't have that. So I don't, I honestly don't think I was an alcoholic. I just, I don't, I, could, I don't know if I was or wasn't, but I don't think I was. And, but I just used it as a crutch, you know, I think. Mm-hmm. And was the crutch for the confidence? Yes. 100%. To get up on stage. So how, even that. On stage, just anything. I remember mm. you know, I'd walk down the street because I had the old man, because I started tiling very early. I left school, you know, when I was like 13, started tiling and then they're yeah, useless cunt and all that sort of every day at work because he'd have his snaps and stuff in front of all the other work people on the site and I was only young and I, it really got the confidence out of me and I remember I'd walk down the street and someone would be walking towards me I'd look at the ground and I'd count one, two, three, four until they went past that sort of, you know, just being a young teenager and I was up here, didn't know anyone and, you know, I had no confidence at all. I think I just, when I was offered drinks, when I was playing with him and stuff, it was just made me stand straight and, you know, not care. And maybe that had something to do with it, I don't know. Yeah. So how, once you didn't have the alcohol anymore, how did yeah. you kind of handle that? Oh, well, I was older. I was 36. I, you know, I had two kids and just, knew I had a responsibility, you know, and I yeah, ended so up. So the confidence, is that an issue? Now? now? Nah, not yeah. at all. I'm just mm. grown up adult and, you know. 
No, mm-hmm. not not one bit. I've got confidence everywhere I go now. You know. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It sounds like a lot of trauma and generational trauma as well. Oh, that, um, but you know, there's that's just my story. Like you, you know, mm-hmm. people too, and I know heaps of people that have been through twenty times worse than that growing up. You know, really. Yeah, bad, but shouldn't minimise your own trauma. Yeah. <laughs> that's a coping mechanism. You know, and then um. But but even my my ex with the the kid, she always was into me. She because I was a drinking. She go oh, so I'd always say, look, I'm going to buy us a house and blah blah blah. And I never had you know spent all my money. And then um, she used to always say, you will never own a house. You're nothing and all that. And that spurred me on big time when we split up. I'm going to go. I'm going to show her and I'm going to get my family back. And I did that. And I and she wanted. So I moved down here at Boring Point. Bought a property because I ended up the way. Actually, the way I coped with it because I couldn't. When you go through something like that, split up and all that, I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. Mine was just going off tap, twenty four seven. So what I did to cope with it, I'd work myself into sleeping. So I'd get up first light, go to work, and I'd work till dark. And then I'd come home and I had this kayak. So I was living down on the water there, and I'd get out and just pump as much energy. So I actually exhausted myself. Then I just lay on my mattress I had in this this little house I was renting, ended up renting, and just play my guitar laying down and fall asleep with it in my hand. And then that's that's the way I sort of cope with it, you know. And then I was still gigging every weekend. So and then next thing I knew, after three or three or three or four months, I had like twenty seven thousand dollars in cash, which is going, shit, I'm gonna buy this fucking house, you know. And then awesome. so I ended up buying the property we're, we're on now. And then we had another got got the family back. We had another daughter three years after Tom was born, and then that fell apart naturally after another three years or something. You know, so I can hold my head up and say I tried my best, which is something I'm, you know, I'm quite proud of. Yeah. And then yeah, you know, the rest is history. And then you know, met Cara, and you know, just moved on from there. Yeah, but doing that, like the first son I had on. Like I said, when I was just hiding in pubs and, you know, lying to him and stuff, that's something I'm not – I've told him about that and it's not something I'm proud of, but I'm proud of the fact that I got off the piss and I can hold my head up to my kids and say I tried my best to make the family work and stuff. I didn't just drink drink or take drugs that, you know, that destroyed us, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. And how did that go over with him? Has there been healing for that relationship? Oh, he's down at Ipswich, so – we get on fine. He's never questioned it. He's just a beautiful little kid. Oh, he's twenty seven now, but um, but everything's yeah, everything's because I stopped drinking. You know, yeah, you can be a good father. Yeah, when you realise that, wow, all, I've accomplished all this because I've stopped drinking. It just That's makes it. it even yeah. Oh, I just but the one thing you do regret is that you didn't do it earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's hard. But then it's all just perfect, I think, because if you didn't go as downhill as what you went, then yeah. you know, it wouldn't be so good now. Oh, yeah. Look, it shits me. Um, not shits me, but it's like, you know, being off it for that long and it, people always come up. They did it the other night, man, car out. Oh, I remember you in your wild days and all that shit. And it was just, you know, that was just me hiding behind a bottle, mate, you know. You know, yeah. anyone can chuck a brown on and tell people to fuck off, you know. <laughs> Do you think, like, that guy, that version of you, what, what do you think of him? Look, 
it's it's a part of my life that happened and it's brought me to where I am today. So yeah. I, I don't, you can't regret anything you did. And, and so, like I just said, oh, I should have done it early, but maybe I shouldn't have because I wouldn't be where I am exactly in this spot today. And right now where I am, I couldn't be happier. You know, I'm just... I was just saying to Cara just last night, we just we had dinner Barbie down the lake last night, which is just down the road. Coming back going, fuck, man, we just got the... I can't believe we've ended up here. We've travelled the world. Like, I never thought I'd leave here, let alone travel around parts of the world, you know, with Cara. And, mm. you know, it's just been an incredible journey. But it's not because I... Just because I stopped drinking, it was what brought me to that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine when you met Cara and you were in a much better position you know, with where you were within yourself. How do you, do you feel like if you were still drinking that maybe that, that wouldn't have happened? Oh, no way in the world. She wouldn't have even looked sideways at me. I would have put her through it. No, she's got. Can hear her laughing in the background. Well, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Cara, you can talk to her one day about it, but Cara's got a wild life story from where she got to her point when she met me. Like she, mm. she's got her own, you know, Oh, she might tell you about it all one day, all the adoption stories and broken families, and she's been through all that shit too, you know, mm. and I have. And so you sort of, we met together and just had that same sort of shit out that happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just that yeah. wild life. Not, not, didn't have that secure family thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Most people that come from broken families ended up, ended up having a broken family, you know? Not all of them, but nine times out of ten. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because again, it's just like that trauma that passes on and passes yeah, down. Right. Yeah, because you think you're not good enough. You think you're not worthy, and and all that shit. And that's and that drives maybe I'm just guessing that drives people to hide behind a, a needle or a bottle or a bong, whatever your your thing is to escape. You know. Yeah, yeah. I still have the old, old puff here and there, and that's about it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. So th- th- I think for sure, like you just hit the the nail on the head there. As so many of us feel like that that have had issues with alcohol, there's a real sense in us that we're not worthy, you know. And it's usually come from something in the background, you know. Yeah, just worthy. I mean, there's a difference between confidence and worthy. I mean, I still lack confidence getting on stage. You know, it's like you sort you have a great gig and you think, yeah, and then you have a sort of average gig and go, oh man. You know, this is a young man's sport, you know, not not worthy of being on these stages and that still plays on my head, you know. Really? God, you... Think, you know what I mean? Yeah. I everyone goes through that. That is. Yeah, yeah. well, it's so funny because to watch you guys on stage, like I was saying earlier, it's so fucking amazing. I could mm. never even imagine that you'd feel that kind of, that confidence, you know, the lacking confidence. Yeah, we never. I guess we all do. Yeah, everyone goes through it, I think. Yeah. So how did you learn to just to sit in that uncomfortable feeling of not feeling that confident to get up on stage, but you sort of got to do it anyway? You just do it. Once you get up there, you know, yourself, you have, you have gigs where you click and other gigs where it's just not happening and on the sound guy and the crowd and venue and yourself and whatever. Yeah. And I think there's something in that too, whatever you're, you use alcohol as your crutch for, whether it's confidence or whatever it's for, sometimes you've just got to lean into it and just, Fucking do it anyway. Like just go with it, and oh, I see some people like that. I used to see that um, Marshall. Um, what's his name? Marshall. Uh, Marshall and the Fro. And, yes. and he was getting he was smashing himself, right? And it reminded me of me 
you know, in the early days. And I did, I don't know him well enough to have a pep talk with him or anything. It's like, dude, I hope you wake up like I did, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not just, I'm just using him as an example, but there's a lot of young guys that have got that. Then you've got other dudes like, I think, like the Teskey brothers and that, where they're focused on and they're confident and happy with themselves. And, you know, you can see the difference in what they do professionally, you know, trying to yeah. just in, take the music somewhere where the blue, the blues bits when we were going, we had something fucking special and I've never heard a sound like it since. No one's ever done, put that old school blues with the rockabilly bass and washboards and all that sort of shit. But mm. uh, we had, I remember we had a couple of times we had dudes, labels and managers coming to see us and I didn't know they were there, but they were there. I found out later on up there swearing and being a, Fucking jockey, you know, just blowing chances, you know. Not that we would have would have got worse. Like the classic movie we watched the other week was that Dirt, you know, um, Motley Crue. You seen that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching that and like that made people like us look like little choir boys, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Oh, have you read Slash's bio? Not that it's Motley Crue, but. Oh, that's another like you're like far out. Wow, yeah, yeah. amazing. It doesn't matter what you do these days; it's been done. Led Zeppelin were thrown, Telly's out of motel, all that. You know, I've heard. I sat down with Harry Bruce from you know Harry Bruce from Kevin Borridge. Oh he yeah, mm-hmm. around in the sixties and seventies, and he was telling me stories about. Oh, I won't go on about it now, but just what he did in the sixties and seventies with Bon Scott and all them doing the Sydney circuit and shit. And I'm just going fuck, you know. Mm-hmm. It just made us look like nothing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But I think these are like you're saying with the Teskey brothers and a lot of the musicians that are kind of going well now, a lot of them are they're not like big piss heads, they're kind of really focused and they're confident and they really work on their craft. And it's a bit there's been a I bit of a shift. I think it's a completely different vibe the music now. Like like I said, when we when I started doing all the frontman stuff, it was just you know, do you take requests? Oh, yeah, take a break, you fucking wanker, you know, and all that sort of shit. That was that was normal. You had to have thick skin. Yeah. You know, you know I yeah. thought about quitting so many times because I was copping that shit at all the pubs mm-hmm. around Queensland and Gympie and Charters Towers and they were hard, hardcore crowds and them crowds don't exist anymore. They don't do that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And music, you know, it was just, it was, it was, I don't know, just you went to the, your venue and you got, they just free piss at you, get in the corner and play for five hours, you know, yeah, cop, yeah, cop yeah. whatever you cop, you know, and now it's just, just, just different, You're just a completely different vibe and generation, you know. Yeah. I think you should keep going. Don't, don't hang up the uh, guitar strap just yet because. Oh no, we, we'll never stop. We're constantly playing. Um, I'm hoping that you guys can make it down for the show at the Regent in Mewillenbar because. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I got some tickets for that yesterday, so I'm really looking forward to that. And anyone who's listening, jump on your website. I think it's, is it Cara and Hatfits? Hat, yeah, Hatfits and Cara. Or is it Hatfits and Cara? Hatfits and Cara, yeah. Hatfits and Cara, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll post links to that on the on the, um, yeah, yeah. On the but, show notes. But that all depends on that border thing, though, you know. I think it's going to all fluff over, but we'll see what happens. should be fine, yeah. So just a couple more questions. If you're looking at your old self way back then and, and where you are now, just to how much better is life? Obviously, it's great, but just, you know, without alcohol in, in your life. Oh, look, it's, it's everything, mate, you know, just way better. You know, I've got connections with my kids, for Christ's sake. 
you know, which I never would have had. And I'm a role model to them, not a bloody trying to coax them through life with their their problems, you know. And yeah, it's just yeah. good being good. Good being a dad, a proper dad. You know what I mean? Is I couldn't imagine going back. You know, and like I said, we had a lot when Cara came along. I had a lot. We had a lot of. Ah, uh, he's lost his bloody balls and uh, and lost his mongrel and all that shit. And it was just me enjoying playing different music because I think when I because I got into the old school blues, all them you know back in the late eighties and shit, and not many people were doing it and doing it the old school way, just listening to records and shit for white Aussies. You know what I mean? And then um, and then like. When I got off the piss, that's what I did, you know, But and just kept doing that. But I wasn't feeling it, if you know what I mean. You know, you, you do something that bad that you don't feel it. And then, um, yeah, when Cara come along, then the music sort of, we tried a few things out and we before we found our groove together, you know. And, but, yeah, we I copped a f- fair bit of slack of, oh, you lost your balls and mongrel and people weren't coming to see it anymore. But that was about 10% of them. And then we picked up 90% of a new crowd. Isn't know? that amazing? Because it's like sometimes you just got to have to go, okay, let these people go. And then, yeah. we, then we make room for the new people to come in. Yeah, because you're not doing it to make fans. You're doing it because that's what I'm enjoying playing. That's what I'm feeling. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it shows like you guys are you're just so oh, good. Yeah. Um, and if you could go back in time and have a conversation with, you know, 20-year-old Fitzy, yeah. what advice would you give him if you could be there with him? Oh, I don't know, mate. Just, like I said, you can't change things and that, that, who I was back then was who I was and, you know, I hung around with a bunch of great people that were on it, but we had a fat, look, we had a fat time. We'd done some crazy shit, you know, and you can't regret that, but it, it's different when you have kids. And you're the role model, you're the father, and you're looking at your like I saw my old man just being a like a knobhead, you know, and I'd hate my kids my, my first son saw that part of me, you know. I used to take him to gigs and just leave and fucking, you know. And then and that's yeah, do what you want yourself, but when you have kids then then you're you've got a responsibility, you know. And that's yeah. the main thing, I think. Yeah. Do you just think you did it for your kids? Part of it. I guess part of it was just, yeah, I obviously did because when that was a draw card, when she said, I've had enough, and we had young Tom was only 16 months old or something, and I was that's when I just lay there, cried at night, going, fuck, how have I ended up here? I know. I drank piss and didn't give a fuck. That's how I ended up here. Thought my own shit didn't stink and, you know, and that's what happens, you know. And I see heaps of people all the time, you see, and, like I was, you know, not in the music scene, just in general, you just see piss heads fucking rah, 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 and just go, haven't grown up yet, mate, you know. Well, most people just do that the rest of their lives, until, you know, until they're 70 or however long they live. They're just stuck around a bar or a pub. You know, I go to the pub now and if I go in there, it's the same blokes and we've all got older and grey hair and bald heads and shit, you know, but they're still sitting there. What have you been up to, mate? And I just go, oh, not much, mate, just working. If you went in there and said, oh, fuck, I was in France a few weeks ago, mate. You know, they go, oh, fuck off, mate. You know? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Imagine if you went in there where you're like, I'm I'm living my best life. <laughs> I'm oh, no, don't, I don't like rubbing that in people's faces, you know, because they're happy. They're, people are just in their own little bubbles and that's that's the way they live, you know, I guess. Yeah. 
So you never feel like you, you never ever feel like you want to kind of help them out or get them out oh, of that situation? Or? Not really. It's really weird. I don't try and help people unless I ask for it. But a few, few people have asked me, but people have come up to me that I fucking, someone knows, someone don't, and they go, fuck, man, thanks. I've got them off the piss without it. They've never talked to me about it. They've just seen it and gone, fuck, man, look at him. He's up there with the missus. He's happy. He's looking healthy. Fuck this, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it too. And they just do it. You know, some people, I don't even know them. You know, they've just followed me music over the years and, yeah. It's been, that's amazing. That's, it is amazing. That's yeah. just, that is, that's just perfect, you know, just that. You know, if that's what you achieve in life. I got to us at Kempsey about 10 years ago to me in car and he had a tattoo of me under here. Because he, he, was, he got off the pierce and met his wife at the gig. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going, mate, get that off. (laughs) If it wasn't for your gig, I wouldn't be sober with a beautiful woman, you know. Oh, my God, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's quite emotional. Yeah, I love that. Love that. As long as you're a role model for me kids, mate, that's all all that matters and, you know, make me me missus happy sometimes. (laughs) Gig that's coming up is the 25th of February at Merwillenbart Regent. Yeah. Cinema, which is great, and um, I'll be there with bells on. I'll drag That's Ash fun. along and the kids too, and um, if he's not away. But, um, yeah, it was just such a, pl- like, I'm just so stoked to talk to you. Like I said to you yesterday on the phone, I've been wanting to ask you for ages, and I keep mentioning it to Ash. I've got to ask Cat Fitz, but I'm a bit scared of him. Oh. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like you said last night on the phone, you've got nothing to be scared of. I don't, I don't drink piss anymore. <laughs> oh, I wasn't scary back then. I was no confidence, I don't know. Anyway, no, I appreciate you thinking on me to, you know, hopefully to help maybe someone. Yeah, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Um, that was awesome. Thank you, Hat Fits. You are incredible. No, role thanks, model. Brother. You're brilliant. No, appreciate that heaps. Thanks. Bring it, give me eye. <laughs>
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.